0: Leverage LinkedIn for your business. This episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to four four two 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 with the word Seven Habits. That's the number Seven Habits to four four two two two. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody! And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Stephen Gordon. He's a best-selling author the founder of The Unstoppable CEO, and the host of The Unstoppable CEO podcast. He's written over 400 articles on marketing for service businesses. Through his firm, he helps service businesses entrepreneurs create leveraged marketing systems so they can spend less time on business development and more time on what really matters when growing a business. So welcome to the show, Steve. Hey, Dennis. Really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate you being here. And today we're going to talk about something that I don't think we've ever talked about on this podcast before. We've talked a lot about podcasting and we've talked numerous times about being a guest on podcasts and how to leverage that to generate leads and how to develop relationships. But we're going to take a little bit different spin on it today. We're going to talk about how your business has been able to leverage podcasting to start developing relationships and having conversations with your ideal target market. So you're using it as more of a prospecting tool and you've been able to leverage that to really ramp up your business. So I'm excited to dive into that. But before we do that, give us a short backstory. Tell us kind of how you got here. Take a minute or two, give us the elevator version of that, and then we'll dig right in.
1: Well, so I've been doing this business thing probably a lot longer than I'd like to admit. I got out of college in the mid-90s. In a technical field, a little tiny discipline of engineering called geomatics, and went to work for a company, was the 10th employee, and uh, was really lucky to be kind of mentored, taken under the wing by the founder. And four years later, right as our, our oldest daughter was being born, he kind of pulled me aside and said, You know, I, when you come back from having this baby, you know, and being out for a couple of weeks with your wife, you're going to run the place. And so at 28, I became the CEO of that firm. We had already grown it a fair amount up to that point for the four years I'd been there, and then I ran that firm for another twelve years, and then we continued to grow it into a multi-seven figure. And then I decided that I really enjoyed doing sales and marketing. I didn't so much enjoy the uh, the technical work. So I started in uh, 2010, uh, uh, the current firm, which uh, is named the Unstoppable CEO, which is actually named after the people that we serve, and we work with professional service firms and we help them go find clients and do it in a relatively easy way and and in an authentic way so that they can focus on the work they love to do
0: which is usually serving their clients and not going out selling and marketing love it okay cool so when did you what year did you launch this business 2010 did you say 2000, 2010 yep 2010 okay so and it's been an iteration it's morphed and you've added things you know particularly this podcasting strategy that we're going to dive into but before we get into that, you know, what's the number one, I mean, here, I guess that there's a couple strategies that you said you were using to generate leads for your business. Set aside from the podcasting, because we're going to unpack that. What was the other strategy that you talked about? I think there was another way that you had mentioned that you had generated a lot of clients and, and leads for your business outside of, you know, podcast prospecting. What does that look like?
1: Well, so over the years, we've probably tried just about everything. Like most businesses, we get a fair amount of new clients from referral. And certainly we can talk about that if you'd like, but, but really we have, we've used the podcast. So we've had, we just published our 109th episode, I think of uh, of our podcast. It's the second podcast that I've created should have stuck with the first one longer knowing what I know now, but we use it in two ways. And so the podcast is actually really central to creating relationships. And one way that we use it is to go and, and connect with potential clients directly. And the other way that we use it is to connect with influencers, people who have an audience or a network of people that could be very good potential clients for us. And in building that relationship, we, you know, then get opportunities to go and present to their audience. So we'll do a webinar or, you know, or an in-person presentation occasionally to their audience. And, and both of those strategies have worked really, really well for us to grow the firm, particularly over the last couple of years.
0: Okay. So let's unpack that. There's two different strategies that you're using, both involving podcasts. Let's talk about the strategy that you just mentioned where you're tapping into influencers. Walk me through that process, right? So how would it start? I mean, I'm assuming you, you've got to identify who, who some of those influencers are. Can you walk us through a little bit of that process and help us understand how that side of the strategy works?
1: Yeah. So obviously, first step is to identify who they are. And you know, and and oftentimes this is not difficult. So, you know, in, in our world in marketing, it's pretty easy to go identify the influencers. And we've been able to attract all kinds of folks to our podcast, you know, but even if you're doing this in a local market and you want to, you know, go attract the influencers in a local market, you, you know who they are usually. And so the first step is just to sort of make a list of who are the people that you want to interview. You don't need a list of a thousand people. If you've got a good, healthy list of you know, 10 or 20 or 30 influencers, you can then go and begin to reach out to them and to let them know, Hey, I have this podcast. I'd love to have you on a get- as a guest. I'd love to promote you to everyone that I know. And you'll find that most people are really, really receptive to that. I used to think that you had to have an enormous podcast audience. So I saw on an earlier episode, you had Jamie Masters on and he was, you know, kind of legendary in podcasting. And I can remember before I started our last podcast podcast, I delayed for like two months because I thought, well, how am I going to build this giant audience? And then I realized you don't need the giant audience. You just need the platform. The audience certainly helps, but you don't need it. And most people, most business owners will jump at the chance to get on a call and spend 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour with you if there's an opportunity for them to promote themselves. And sometimes they want to do it, not because they're going to get promoted to your audience, but because they want a foil. They want someone on the other end of the microphone to ask them questions and make them look smart, and then they can use it in their own marketing. So it's really easy to get these people on the phone. Whereas if you were trying to approach them in virtually any other way, you probably couldn't do it. So I that's see. the first
0: thing. Okay. So whether it's you're specifically identifying people that you want to be your client, or whether you're identifying influencers that you're going to you know, develop a relationship and possibly you know, do some sort of a joint venture or promotion of some sort. Either way, it starts with the podcast, right? So you start the podcast, and then from there, you identify the target market, whoever those people are, and then you're doing some sort of an outreach. Can you talk to us a little bit about the outreach strategy? Do you use social media? Do you just pick up the phone? Do you use email? What does that outreach look like when you're reaching out to somebody who, say, is a potential you know, a potential target for the services you provide?
1: Sure. So we tend to use LinkedIn, Sales Navigator you know we work with other business owners and so that's the what i've come to believe is the best place to go find them and we can do really detailed searches there to build a list but then we'll look for an email address because one of the things that i found on linkedin can be really really effective but not everybody checks it all the time whereas with email they're on their email usually all day long throughout the day and so Often, sales navigator will give us that email address. Sometimes we'll go use a service like Hunter.io to try and track it down based on their domain name. And so, if we can find that, then we'll email them. And we've got we've got some emails that we use to send out to them. And usually, we follow up about a week later if we hadn't heard back. But normally, we we hear back fairly quickly. People are excited to uh, you know to participate in in an interview. And if we don't find their email, then we'll link uh, we'll, we'll use LinkedIn to reach out directly. And and usually with roughly the same messaging
0: gotcha okay so what might that messaging look like I mean you're just you're offering you're just telling them a little bit about your podcast and just telling them you want to feature them as a guest or what does that messaging typically look like when you're trying to invite somebody into an interview
1: well it looks a lot different now than it did when we first started so um, <laughs> of course now you know we've got over a hundred episodes We're, we've got subscribers in 56 different countries I've interviewed people like Dan Sullivan of strategic coach and Perry Marshall and all of these kind of you know business and marketing celebrities that gives us a lot of credibility now when we reach out and so we include all of that in it and then we also kind of describe what we do to help promote each episode and that helps. When we were first starting out, we didn't have all of that. So you know we said, well, look, we've got this podcast. Here's who who the audience is and and the audience was small at the time, but here's who the audience is and here's how we're going to promote it. And you know so we sort of described the effort that we were going to go through on their behalf to share them with everyone that we knew. And that was effective. And that got us going. And then in those early days, I would always at the end of the interview, ask a question and, you know, usually would be something along the lines of, hey, this was a lot of fun. You know, we're trying to build a podcast and connect with other other influencers. Who do you know that that you think would be a really good fit for this? And that got us off the ground also got me connected with a lot of people that I probably never could have connected with otherwise and led to some really great strategic partnerships and and some cross-promotional opportunities that have paid off really tremendously for the business.
0: Okay. So you answered the first part, which was the outreach piece. So now they come onto the show, eventually they schedule the interview, you interview them. Then you talked a little bit about how you segued from being the guy that was interviewing them into trying to find out if you have if you guys are a good fit or whether they have some sort of a need. How does that conversation typically take place? You said you asked them some questions, but could you walk us through a little bit more in depth on how you pivot from the interviewer into a real sales conversation?
1: Well you don't do it on the interview. I think doing that would be too close to bait and switch, you know? It'd be be really uncomfortable and difficult to do. And that's not the point. So one of the things that one of the principles that we sort of base everything that we do on is a, a principle that I call purity of intent. And really all that is, is that when, when you're approaching an interaction with any other person, business or, or, or personal, that you're sincere in the intent that you're bringing there. And so I'm always coming to the start of a new relationship with curiosity and with the willingness to help that person. Otherwise, why would I waste my time? You know, and, and that's what I'm hoping to get back in return from them. But I know I've got to be the leader there. So so the way that that plays out in in the the end of the interview is once we've kind of turned off the recording and we're having a little chit chat at the end, I'll usually ask them because they they will have shared something about their business. They're there to promote their business, and I will have learned something about their business during the interview. And so I'll ask them. So where are you going? What does it look like three years from now as you build this business? And They'll answer that every single time because they've got plans that they're excited about, that they want to share with people. Now that begins to give me some insight into what their goals and aspirations are. And I'll begin to see where I can be of value. And that value might be suggesting at a point in the future that we come in and we help them achieve that through our firm. It might be me making connections for them that'll help get them there. It might be, you know, me coming up with some ideas that while we won't be making any money off of it will help me develop that relationship further knowing that good things will come from it so so i kind of take that that more holistic approach to it and i know that when i do that enough of those conversations turn into business within a reasonable amount of time that it's created a lot of growth for our firm it also drives a ton of referrals for us we've done over six figures in referral business just from the people that we've had on you know unrequested unprompted they're just sending their clients to us so having that kind of conversation has a lot of benefits and it begins to give me the information that i need to understand if there's any opportunity there any real opportunity for our firm and i've i've now created this really great relationship with this person that i know is going to pay dividends no matter what so that's how we make that pivot now they may say some things there and i may come up with some ideas you know or begin to see that I can come up with some ideas that I'll want to work on. And I'll ask them, hey, would it be okay if I took a couple of days, thought about this a little bit, I've probably got some connections that would help you get there. And I'm certain I can probably come up with a couple of ideas that may improve what you're already doing. Would it be okay if we schedule a time, you know, maybe end of the week or, or next week, and um, and I'll come back to you with those things. And most of the time, people are really open to that and, and actually excited about it because it's a different approach than what most people take, and so then I get to come back.
0: yeah, I, what I love about that, Steve, is this There's a couple of things that you you know you you really hit the nail on the head, but I want to kind of dissect it for the audience a little bit, kind of from my own mindset. Number one, you're targeting this is not shotgun marketing, right? You're not out there putting a bunch of Facebook ads and you have to filter through a bunch of junk leads, right? You're targeting exactly who you want to talk to because you're hand picking them, right? You're set putting that list up front and you're not inviting them unless you truly believe after doing your due diligence that you could potentially be a really good fit. They're in the right industry. They have the right title. They're the decision maker. They maybe already understand how big their business is, whether they're an early startup or they're you a know, five or 10 or a hundred million dollar company. So you've handpicked who they are. And I love that because it's very strategic and you're not wasting a lot of time talking to a bunch of internet generated leads that, Hey, let's face it. A lot of that's garbage, right? Generate, you know, I had a, I had a webinar. I talked about it when I was on the, you mentioned Jamie masters. I talked about it when I was on her episode, when she was on my, my episode and uh, I generated over 900 leads in one webinar. The problem was, is that 800 of them were complete garbage, right? We had to figure that out and spend a lot of time, but you're not doing that. You're being very strategic about who you're talking to. That's number one. Number two is that, you know, you're actually taking the time to develop that relationship in a non-sales environment, using the podcast as a as the ultimate value tool to them. So you're differentiating yourself from your competitors because you're not out there trying to, you know, in every on every corner trying to beat your drum and, and give your pitch and you're not cold calling people. So I think that's a big differentiator. And then thirdly, what you said was regardless of whether they're a good fit or not, you're going to f- try to figure out an opportunity or a way that you can help them to get to where they want to get in the next two or three years, even if it has nothing to do with your services. Exactly, exactly. And what I love about that Just- is that that's the foundation of a good relationship, right? So what I say, what you're doing, what, what I, you know, and, and you've obviously done this, so you know why you're doing it and you've had great results, but you're putting the relationship first and the transaction second. And of course, you'd love them to become your client, but that's not the only focal point. That's not the only end game because you know, as well as I do, if you develop that relationship and maybe six months or a year down the road, you know, there may be that need, or I have a feeling that's probably you helping these people in a non, in a way that you're not getting paid is what's led to a lot of your referrals because you took the time and energy to do that. And they recognize the fact that you weren't compensated and you just did that out of a, out of goodwill.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it just, it creates such a, a strong relationship and bond, you create friendships. And, you know, there's so much in in all of the internet marketing stuff that's out there about, you know, getting fast scale and all that. And and that's great. But for our business, you know, we're we're a consulting firm. We offer done for you marketing services. I don't need a thousand clients. I don't need a thousand leads over the next year to phenomenally grow our firm. And most of the businesses that we work with, they're selling high ticket stuff to other businesses. They don't need a thousand clients or a thousand leads over the next year, but they need the right small number that can buy, that have the money to spend, that are real. And, you know, one of the things I learned in that first business that I ran was we had clients who had been with us for 25 years and had spent money and spent a lot of money over and over and over again. And, and ultimately we developed really good friendships. With these clients, they were more than clients, and um, and for me, that's the kind of business that I want to build because that's the kind of business that's easy to run, that reduces a lot of your risk. And so, you know, there are different ways to build a business, but this is the one that we feel like by focusing on relationships, it really just gives us the best opportunity to win the long game.
0: Gotcha. Okay, great. So, what else would you want to add in regards to how you're leveraging podcasts as a way to have these? You know, high value conversations with your exact target market. Is there anything else you want to touch on there?
1: Any well,
0: so I've been on a lot
1: of podcasts. I've done a lot of interviews, and and most of the time, it you get some emails that go back and forth, and and those are great. And most of the hosts are really gracious and wonderful people. Always enjoy that. One of the things that we've really focused on is because we're going after this highly valuable, highly targeted list, we've created this wow experience around having that person on. And so before they do the interview, they get a box in the mail from us. Out uh, just, you know, it's a surprise box. They don't know it's coming. And in there, it's got a little folder that says, you know, how to prepare for your interview. And it's got all of this branded material from us. Or if we're doing this for a client, it's got branded material from the client that explains all of the questions that they might have and helps them prepare for the interview. It's a nice little touch, but we also include a gift in there which is branded to the podcast. Um, right now, the one that people are really loving is we're sending this little Yeti coffee cup. And the purpose of that is to have something that stays beyond the, the interview. You know, We want something that owns some real estate in their world so that they remember this experience that they had, they remember this relationship fondly over time. And so creating that kind of wraparound experience before and after is really important to get the most value out of this strategy, I
0: think. Love it. So you're not only just scheduling the interview, but you're actually sending them a package that they're gonna, you know, get in the mail. They're gonna be very curious. They're gonna say, What's this? I had no idea this was coming. And then all of a sudden you do they're gonna open it up and it's it's that gives that wow factor.
1: Absolutely. Yep.
0: Love it. Well, it's really funny because but I had a gentleman by the name of Jim DeSico, who's the CEO of Super Coffee. I had him on my podcast not long ago. And lo and behold, a couple of weeks later, I end up getting this package out of nowhere and it was cases and cases of this super coffee that he creates. It's, it's kind of a keto diet type, you know, coffee that has all this, it's really cool. But anyway, I get these packages, I get like four cases of this stuff. I was blown away. I mean, I was shocked and it just came out of nowhere and he didn't have to do it. It probably cost a hundred bucks or more for him to send it to me, but he took the time to do that. So in reverse, he did that with me. And I thought that made it such a memorable experience. So I totally agree with you that out of the blue, unsolicited, you know, opportunity to enhance that experience and relationship is, it could be really, really powerful. So awesome. Well, listen, we're going to wrap it up here in a minute. Let's do the next two questions rapid fire. Okay. What's your favorite growth tool or software? You know, if some sort of technology that you're using to grow your business, what what would be that one tool you would point to? For
1: us, it's got to be pipe drive. Uh, I, you know, we, we use that both with our clients, we manage the outreach for them and we use it to manage our own outreach. And that's one of the few things that I'm hanging on to doing myself as the business owner, because I like building these relationships and boy, that keeps me on track. I know, I know, right. Who we've invited
0: right where they are in the process. It makes it easy. Perfect. So pipe drives a CRM. Awesome. I'll make sure I add that link in the show notes. And then what would be one book that maybe has had a memorable or lasting sp- impression on you, or maybe has helped you throughout your journey?
1: Oh gosh, there have been, there have been so many, literally, but I will tell you recently, the one that, that I think if you haven't read it, you need to go get it. It's by a guy named Jay Bear. He was a guest on our podcast uh, not long ago and he's got a book out called talk triggers and he talks about how to do some of these wow experiences it really, we were doing some of this before, but it inspired us to really take it, you know, to a, a, a bigger level. And I think uh, it's, it's probably one of the best marketing books I've read in a long time.
0: Love it. Perfect. Well, listen, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about the Unstoppable CEO and your podcast, and then we'll wrap it up for today.
1: Yeah, Dennis, I'd love to. Um, we've set up a special page just for your listeners. They can go to unstoppableceo.net slash growth experts. Again, that's unstoppableceo.net slash growth experts. And um, when they go there, they can get a a free copy of uh, my latest book, which is the Exponential Network Strategy, which explains how to do all of this. And so they can get that free there. They can read our guide to selling professional services, which really teaches you how to pre-sell prospects so that when you're across the table from them, they've already bought you. And we've got a webinar there they can subscribe to. And if they want to book a time and talk with me, they can do that from that page as well.
0: Awesome. Well, listen, I'll make sure I put those links in the show notes. I really appreciate you being here, Steve. Congratulations on all the success with your business and the podcast. And I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Hey, Dennis, this has been fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Steve. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.